there, listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall, and there used to be this trend a couple of years ago in the fitness space, and I don't know if it's that it's dissipated a little bit because of the pandemic, or if it's because I really aggressively pruned my social media feeds a couple of years ago, but this trend, this push, was to get the perfect combination of morning habits. It felt like all of this pressure that you had to optimize the first few hours of the day so that you really got the most out of whatever. And I can give you a perfect example. So there is a particular influencer who I occasionally get compared to. Um, I, and I tried to find someone who is kind of similar in, in education level and, and kind of experience in the field, but they have a much bigger platform than I do. And um, they kind of constantly are selling like the latest gizmo, the latest supplement, right? Those one of those influencers who's always like pushing a code because they get a little money back. Um, so this particular person recently posted an update to their morning habits. And so I went and took a look, right? This episode is about habits. And I wanted to take a look like kind of what else is being pushed out there. And their current morning habits has 16 steps, 16, one, six, before 7.30 in the morning, and that doesn't include pooping or working out. What is up with that? In that habit, right? So this is before pooping, before working out, before breakfast, 16 steps. Eight supplements in those 16 steps. That doesn't include afternoon habits and supplementation or evening habits and supplementation. And I'm sorry. I am all about taking really good care of oneself, but that feels like a whole lot of overkill to me. I don't really get what gives with that. So if you listen to the episode on analysis paralysis a couple of weeks ago, you know I hate the word optimize. And if you didn't listen to that episode, quick primer. Optimization is just another word for trying to be perfectionist. And we know that that kind of behavior makes us miserable. And then we don't enjoy the thing we're actually doing or really any of the results as much as if we just establish like what's good enough. And then we can actually let ourselves feel satisfied and happy. So we're not about optimization. We're not about like 16 steps in the morning before we've even like, I don't know, had a sip of water. But, but this is a wellness show. And I'm assuming that you want to be well and healthy, and hopefully maybe even happy. So what do we do if we're not about the optimizer thing, if we don't have to be perfect all the time, but we do want to take good care of yourself? Well, I know what I do. I know what I help my clients to do. And that's what today's episode is about, is how do I approach this challenge of priming one's behavior, but not being dogmatic and intense about it. But first, you are interested in supporting clients to make sustainable changes in their own wellness and well-being. And the way that I'm describing often on this show, well, listen up. The National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, uh, we are on the NASM Podcasting Network, so you've probably heard me use that acronym before. Well, they have a wellness coaching certification that has been built by experts in many disciplines. Things like sleep, stress, coaching theory, neuroscience, movement, positive psychology, right? How do we actually help people make sustainable and lasting change in positive ways? Well, 
There's a great certification for that one. I'm very proud to have worked on. That certification is currently 50% off on NASM's website. And listeners to this show can get an additional $600 off when they use the code MARSHALLCWC. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-C-W-C at checkout for an additional $600 off. Uh, No knocking that other influencer. Sometimes we push codes too, because sometimes we believe in things so much that we want you to have easier access to them, which is why we share those things on the show. Rarely, selectively, but this is one of those things that I believe in that much. Okay, bill paying aside, what do we do about this habit thing, right? This tension between, okay, we don't want to be perfectionists, but we do actually want to take care of ourselves. We want to change our habits. We want to build healthy behaviors that support long-term wellness and well-being. And we also don't want to become overzealous biohacking optimizers, not the goal. This is where we enter this concept of modular habits. What are modular habits, you might be asking? Let's try that word again, modular. What are modular habits, you might be asking? Well, that's when we recognize that certain habits will promote short and long-term well-being that we're striving for, and that we don't have to do everything every day in order to be useful, right? That's the modular component. So habits that are used to produce a particular state of well-being but they're tailored to the life that you're in at that time, as opposed to trying to get everything perfect every single day, and then you're just kind of neurotic and unhappy. How do we do it? Well, I'm gonna prime the pump with some theory, some core ideas, and then later in the episode, I'm gonna walk you through the exact process I use with my clients to build their modular habits, and it's what I use with myself. Because as often on the show, I'm uh, high on the old supply. I'm drinking, drinking my own juice here. So we start off with a few questions. And those questions are around things that you probably have heard of on the show before. So how do you want to feel? What do you need to be ready and able to do in a given day? And then once you've got a sense of like, okay, this is how I want to feel. This is how I want to show up. This is the state I want my nervous system to be in. What makes that feeling or that state? What lends you to it? What moves you down the field? And there's two axioms that I want you to remember here. Not everything works for everyone all the time, right? So it's not that you're going to like wave a magic wand and magically be the best version of yourself, but by using habits that you know kind of prime the pump, you might lend yourself toward that outcome. And the second axiom, the goal isn't optimization. It's giving you more of the things that will help you be who you want to be right? It's setting you up for the win. There's no guarantees. The the win is never guaranteed, but we want to do the things that help us get like a bit closer to the W. So you're going to build a stack of habits that produces that state, right? So in the short term, you know, there's a day that you need to like make a speech, give a presentation, write something really eloquent. That's your short-term outcome, the specific state you're trying to create. Or is it in the long term, like the state of mind that you want to carry around most days, and you can start to cultivate that as part of your habits. So we're going to build this stack to create those short and long-term outcomes. So what I do, what I support my clients in doing, we identify the states of mind and the states of being that they want to be able to show up at, right? Like what kind of day do you want to have? And then what's the actions that are going to show up for you? And I'll give you some examples from my own life. Um, And this is going to come up again when we get to how do we do this, okay? So for me, 
I've got a sense of the kinds of days that I have in my life. I really have three kinds of days. I've got travel days, I've got creative days, and then I have client days. And each of them have their own specific needs. And I'm going to break them down for you now. So on travel days, I'm often, I'm speaking, I'm teaching, I've got to show up and I've got to be like on, like all the way on the biggest version of on that I get. I typically need to be that person on a travel day. And to get there, I need to decompress from the travel, which often means some physical stuff around inflammation, dehydration, um, having Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I need to deal with whatever very specific EDS-related problems come up when I fly. So depending on when I'm traveling and how, I've got some stuff I need to do. And I want to have kind of the right window of stimulation, right? I don't want to be like, nodding off, falling asleep while they're introducing me. And I also don't want to be so on and upregulated that I'm like shaking and I can't put a sentence together, right? I need the clarity of thought and the presence that you'd want to see in like a keynote speaker. Okay, so that's travel day, creative days. These are days that I'm looking to do deep thinking, that I'm going to turn something abstract into something concrete, right? I'm coming up with new content. So that might be making something, executing on to-do lists, admin work typically in the afternoon. And it's all around priming creativity and clarity of thought, right? I need to be organized and I need to have what we call your executive functions, right? Your higher level thinking, it needs to be all the way on. So travel days, I'm really on in the like presenter mode. Creative days, I'm really on in the deep contemplative creative mode. And then client days are all about being present. So not a whole lot of to-do lists, not a whole lot of checkboxes. What I need to do is manage my body and my mind being at the desk, being on camera and being in a state where my, I can be emotionally accessible to my clients with whatever they've got going on. So a lot of times that's more of a calmer day in terms of my like bombastic energy or whatever, but I need to be really emotionally accessible and centered right? Because doing deep work with a client a lot of times takes emotional energy. And I need to know that like my stuff is right. So it's not mixing up their stuff. If that, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> so instead of popping out one optimal stack of habits and then being like really dogmatic about those habits, I recognize, hey, people are dynamic. They have lots of different needs and I'll have different things that I need and that's not a bug, it's a feature. That's part of being a person. So I'm going to work with that nature. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall, and we're talking about this concept of modular habits. It's the way that I work with my clients to help them build habit routines that actually match the things they're doing instead of being dogmatic about you have to do something every single day. So this is where modular habits really comes in. Modular like a mobile home. I can put it where I need it to be to get the outcome that I want, right? Just like I can move a mobile home where I need it to be if I'm going to move around. So for example, on client and creative days, I need to be really grounded and centered. So I go for a walk pretty much all of those days, typically around the first hour that I'm awake, but you know, there's a few variables in that. But on the creative days, I use that walk to prime a flow state. Right. So even though it's the same action, the way I do it, how I go about it is different to create the outcome that I want. Um, another example that might be more relevant for some of you is um, hybrid work setups. 
right? So some days you're in the office, some days you're at home. Do you really need the same morning habits if you're probably going to have wildly different days? And I'm sure that there are people who would disagree with me, but I think the answer is no. I think you could tinker and meet your needs for those different days without being dogmatic about doing the exact same thing each day. And there are two places that I think this modular habit idea really clicks into place. One is if you anchor those modular habits to a time and a place, the other is anchoring them to a specific event or action. So for example, any day that I'm at home, I write in my journal and I write a bit about whatever's going on in my mind. And then I go through a routine of reviewing my goal setting practices to keep me on track with my long-term goals. And I find that if I'm not home, not only is it too much extra stuff to like carry around, but it also pulls my mind out of the thing I'm actually doing in that moment, which is often, like I said, travel days, I got to be all the way on. So I don't want to be distracted by other stuff. So I let that fall away so that I can be present in what I'm actually doing. Um, But what I'll do instead is meditating and priming activities that help me to show up fully, physically, vocally, mentally ready to perform because that's what I'm there to do, essentially. Um, If I've got a lot of writing to do, like I said, I'll use a flow priming exercise. Um, Chris Bertram talked about those those flow priming exercises in his uh, episode a couple of months ago. I use one of his flow primers when I'm getting, when I'm writing. Um, And it helps to upregulate my dopamine, give me a little tiny bit of adrenaline. And that helps me click into the flow state that I need when I'm going to write. So, you know, when I was preparing for this episode, I was really thinking about how do I want to unpack this argument of why I think modular habits are the way to go. And I came across this concept that, you know, in some spiritual disciplines, They talk a lot about not becoming overly attached to a particular method, right? The method in that case being the meditation, the yoga, the prayer, whatever. Not becoming so attached to any particular method because then we become dogmatic about the method and we miss the point of what that spiritual discipline is trying to accomplish for us. We're not paying attention to the development because we're so attached to the practice And the practice then becomes the limiter. And I think we can become that way in the fitness and wellness space. I think that we can get so dogmatic about doing everything right that we miss the forest for the trees, right? We miss the point is that we become more well, more whole, more integrated, more capable of being who we want to be in the world. And if we're too stuck to certain ideas, we miss the chance to evolve. So if you listen to the show on self-care, I talk a little bit in that episode about the idea of proactive and reactive self-care strategies. It's the idea that you set up systems proactively to keep your needs met. And then when you realize that you're out of equilibrium, you respond reactively. Modular habits does something very similar with that concept, right? It dovetails with that concept. So the habit program that you're building with yourself is largely proactive steps, but I use the same set of ideas for designing reactive strategies. So specifically when I recognize if I'm in an unhelpful state, I can use that reactive modular habits to reset myself. And it happens mostly when something's off, you know, with, with my chronic illness, I have 
Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I also have depressive swings. And so when I realize like, oh, I'm having these symptoms of EDS or I'm having these early warning signs of a depressive swing, I can use certain modular habits to, to buffer. I don't want to say to prevent it, right? Because a depressive swing, you don't necessarily have control over, but I can catch it early and do the things that I know are going to help me regardless of which kind of symptoms I'm talking about, right? Regardless of if I'm talking about EDS or I'm talking about depression or I'm talking about some fitness goals. You're listening to Better Than Fine Podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall. We're talking about modular habits and it's time to walk through this process together. So as I'm walking through these steps, there's a few places that I'm going to encourage you, like hit the pause button and do the exercise. But if you find that you just want to listen through or you're driving or whatever, you're out in the woods somewhere listening to the sound of my voice, uh, I am going to post on Substack next week an article that summarizes these steps. So you can find that on my Substack. It's linked on my Instagram. Like it's going to be easy for you to find. But I just want to give you a heads up. If you're somewhere that you're listening and you're frustrated that you're not doing this process in real time, this is not your only chance. Um, okay, so let's walk through this together. So first step, what kind of days do you have? Step back, look at your life overall. Do you need modular days or is it pretty routine for the most part? And even if it's routine, you can still use these foundational steps. You just might not shift it around all that much. But if you take a step back and you look and you're like, yeah, okay, I have multiple flavors of days. I want you to label those days. So just like I did travel, creative, client, I want you to recognize like what kind of days do I have and then give them each a label. Pause here if you want to think about it a little bit and just come on back. So step one, what kind of days do you want to have? Step two for each of your categories, ask yourself, what kind of state do I need or want to be into for that kind of day? So state might not be a familiar word for some of you. So it's state of being, state of mind. Um, think about it like your personal descriptive words. So as you're thinking about how do I need or want to feel that day? How do I want to show up that day? You know, calm, alert, present compassionate. So if I use my own example again, it's the difference between creative days, right? I need really divergent thinking, client days, I need to be present and attentive, travel days. I want to be calm, patient, situationally aware, right? I don't want to have my head down and not be paying attention. So what kind of state do you need or want for each of those days, right? Go back to your categories, pause it, go back to your categories and label what kind of state, give descriptive words for each. Hit pause now if you're gonna. And then your next question, what kind of inputs create that state? So input could mean physical action and activity, journaling, meditation, supplementation, meal makeup, meal timing, workouts, movement, there's all kinds of things that could be inputs toward a certain state. So again, just going to keep using myself as an example because you've been listening to it for the last 20 minutes. Um, I'm not going to eat a huge meal midday on a client day because I'll be nodding off while they're talking to me. Um, I might not take, or excuse me, I might take, yes, I would take, I often do take nootropic supplements 
before I'm speaking so I don't feel so drowsy. But I'm not going to take it on a creative day. I'll just take a nap. Right? So I'm going to use different things to create the state. So to review here, I asked you to label what kind of days do you have? Like make category buckets. What kind of state do you need for each of those days? Use your descriptive words to kind of create clusters. And then what kind of inputs will help you create those states? Pause if you want to ruminate on that a little bit. All right, so step three, how do those things fit in with what I'm currently doing, right? If you look at your normal habits right now and consider, do we need to move some things around? Do we need to take anything out? How can I adjust to make space and time? And again, I'm gonna use my own example. For the days that I'm home, right? I'm not on the road, I've got creativity, I've got client days. I started to recognize that I was in this loop and this happened during the pandemic. This is definitely a pandemic artifact for me was I was in this loop of waking up, getting a cup of coffee and just sitting down at my computer and starting with clients immediately. But as things started to shift professionally, I was like adjusting my hours. I was making more time. I was in a relationship when I'm married, happy anniversary. Um, what I recognized was, oh, all I'm doing is working and that's a pandemic thing. I need to change that. And then I started going for morning walks. And then I realized um, those walks should be a little longer and I need to meditate. I'm not meditating anymore. Again, pandemic stuff. So I had to shift my client schedule. As those more early morning clients started to shift or move on or whatever, I started limiting my morning hours to be just a little bit later so that I could prime the pump of who I wanted to be for my clients, getting enough sleep, waking up naturally, and everything else that I currently do for myself. So you might need to move things around a little. And then number four, how will I help myself remember these habits? It is not uncommon for people to have the best of intentions to make positive change in their life, and they just never quite get to it. So what could you do to help yourself? Is it writing on a post-it and sticking it where you're going to look in the morning? Is it putting it in your phone, time blocking off the time, which is how I had to do it. I kept sleeping too late or taking a call. And then it wasn't until I time blocked that hour that I now remember, because what's one of the first things that most people do? They look at their phone. And so it would give me the reminder to do the habits. Then you're going to experiment. It's time for you to tinker, to try new things, to see what works, what falls off, what theories do you have? And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you should have a lot of theories, right? We talk a lot about behavior change and flow states and priming and gratitude and awe. There's so many things that you could try. So try, experiment and tinker. And that's good because the point is not to be perfect. The point is to learn and to grow into who you want to be. And likely along the way, you're going to find some things that work really great. And you're going to find other things that don't and that are kind of bonkers. And then you can just not do them anymore. And that's all right, because that's part of the journey that we're here to do. The learning, the growing, the processing, the life and the living, right? That's what we're here for anyway. So go off, experiment and try, and then definitely circle back and tell me all about it because I want to hear how your experiments go. How could you do that? Well, I'd love to hear from you, not only about your experiments, but any feedback that you have on the show. 
you can email me. It's info at darlene.coach. I'm on Instagram. That's also darlene.coach. And you can find me on LinkedIn. That's pretty easy. If you want the instructional summary from this, it's going to come out next week, which is the third week in May of 2023. My Substack is coachdar.substack.com. If you're a fan of the show, I hope you've already subscribed, but if not, you should go and do that. Write us a review, share on the episode if it's impacted you positively, because that is how audiences grow. And of course, if you share on socials, tag me, please. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Be well and go off and play with those habits.